How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Adam Singh podcast. It's your host, Adam Singh, and today I'm with one of my favorite people in Statesboro, Georgia, Mr. Philip Clayman. Hello. He is the owner and operator of Three Tree Coffee, which we are on set right now, and also a published author. So we got a little bit of a few different things we got going on. How are you doing, Philip? Doing great. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to just maybe introduce yourself to everybody, just to tell everybody like who you are, a little bit more about kind of like your background, so forth and so on. Yeah. So my name is Philip Clayman. I am one of the founders of Three Tree Coffee and one of the current owners of Three Tree Coffee. Uh, we started out as a roasting company in Statesboro, uh, actually seven years ago, just roasting in my wife and I's backyard. Uh, and then from there, it just started growing and growing, and clearly it's a much bigger operation these days. We have a coffee shop on South Main Street where we offer not just coffee drinks, but also pastries, brunch, uh, lots of other things as well, some retail coffee bags. Uh, and then we have another location as well that we just acquired in Pooler called the Front Porch Coffee Shop. Uh, front Porch, so is that the brand itself, or is, is there any three-tree influence in there? Uh, the, the brand is the Front Porch. Okay. Uh, they've been in existence for, I think, a little over three years now. Um, and so uh, we, when we took it over, we wanted to bring some of our, maybe some of our expertise and processes, and of course our coffee, but we wanted it to still be the Front Porch. That's awesome. Well, obviously there's been a ton of success. You know, one of the things that I will say is that I have never experienced, and I come here quite often, I have never had a bad experience walking through the three three tree doors. Hmm. Um, it's time and time again. And you know, uh, coffee, I mean, there's coffee everywhere, but there's something special about the coffee that you serve here. Hmm. Uh, why do you think that's the case? Hmm. Uh, I think it's uh, well, a lot of reasons. Um, one of the reasons I'm, I'm positive is our mission. Mm. Uh, and our purpose as to why we do what we do with coffee. And that's a threefold purpose, hence why we're called Three Tree Coffee. Okay. Uh, the first one's empower our farmers. The second one's ending human trafficking. And the third one's engaging our community. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that we have a purpose to what we do beyond just selling coffee or serving coffee, I think means something to people. Uh, I think everyone's looking for those sorts of holistic, purposeful businesses to support, right? And Statesboro has been an incredible community that's been so supportive of that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one side of it. But another side of it is definitely the company culture that we have here at Three Tree, uh, the staff that we have here. So we hear about company culture often, especially in the realms of business, right? Uh, oftentimes we're talking about, you know, how can we improve company culture? Mm -hmm. And obviously you've done something correct here where the culture really shines. Mm -hmm. What has Three Tree done correctly mm -hmm. to give it that sense of culture? Yeah. Uh, well, so culture is really... Uh, pretty interesting because it's this two-way street. We create culture and culture creates us. Mm. <laughs> they both create each other. Okay. So right? it's kind of like a cycle, right? Uh, it's a cycle. Mm -hmm. uh, hence why you walk into an environment, um, you typically become more like that environment. If I were to start talking a lot softer, you'd probably start talking softer, right? We tend to, we tend to match the sort of environments we find ourselves mm -hmm. in. There's just a natural human component to that. And yet we're also fueling culture by the way we choose to act and the things we choose to say. And so I think just an understanding that culture is this two-way street, that we have to be intentional about creating it to let it have its sort of influence back on us mm -hmm. is something that's helped us cause that, that sort of success. That's right. So obviously you mentioned the, the three uh, pillars that your organization believes in. So how, how ingrained is that in you know, your training? Is that part of, do, if I go up to an employee and I ask them, what are the three, three pillars? If they don't answer correctly, <laughs> are they fired? <laughs> They're not fired, okay. but they should know. That's right. Uh, we actually spend the first 
three to four hours of training on mission, culture, and customer service. Mm. Right, mission, culture, and customer service. Before they even... Before they learn anything about coffee. Really? Before they learn anything about clocking in, clocking out, closing, opening, cleaning, before any of that. It's mission, culture, customer service. I got you. And, and so in that, in that training, um, when do they start, I guess, working with the product? I mean, that's for me, if I were working at a coffee shop and, you know, I came in on my first day and you told me that, you know, I have to read, I'm going to be like, what? Are you sure? Are you serious? <laughs> well, what's fun is we, we don't just read. We, we do a okay. lot of discussion. There's a lot oh, of open-ended okay. questions. Um, and it's more guided discussion mm -hmm. on why is this our mission? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to empower farmers? Why do farmers need to be empowered? Ending human trafficking. What's human trafficking? What's exploitation versus empowerment? Sure. It's more of a discussion and kind of a, 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 a uh, collaboration, right, as we're discussing these things together. But we do get to the fun stuff. We start making coffee. It's day two, day three, right? We start making coffee and all that stuff. But it's always cloaked with our why and our purpose. And it's always cloaked with our culture as well. You know, some of the things that I've noticed when I've, when I've been here uh, is that your staff, um, they, they far exceed what, what I've seen, you know, at other places. Um, and it's, it's just as simple as, you know, handling a situation that isn't the most ideal, right? Um, there's times when, you know, you have unruly customers or customers that, you know, that you would, you have to kind of deal with. Uh, but seeing your staff um, at the age they are, because a majority of your staff is, are, are they typically kind of like college students, college students right after college, right around that age, seeing them so prepared for that, because those uncomfortable conversations when you're at that early of age, I think is, is difficult. Mm. Um, but I was really blown away. And I remember texting you, uh, mm -hmm. the time that I saw it, I was yeah. like, wow, like, you know, th this guy did an amazing job just to give kudos to you. And it shows to the leadership, right? Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I think company cultures, top down. Mm. The way that, you know, the leaders of the organizations carry themselves ultimately leads to the way that, you know, everybody that's working below them also handles them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. People follow what you do far more than what you say. Mm -hmm. And when they match, that's when it's the best. <laughs> well, so ideally, what, what, you're, what you're telling them in terms of what's our culture is also the way that you're treating them. You nailed it. We treat our, our employees as more than just employees. Mm. And we tell them that from day one. We're not just going to look at you as employees. We look at you as more than that. You're a person. You've got wants and desires. You've got strengths. You've got weaknesses. You've got dreams. You've, you've got heartache. You've got a story. And we want to work with you in, so that you can integrate into Three Tree's story as well. And so I think, it, I think it becomes seamless because they start seeing the way that we interact with them. It really encourages them to know how to interact with the customer. So once it's at that point, I think it's, you know, you have this cycle that, that, um, that works very well. How do you start off? Like, mm -hmm. well, how did you come across a culture that you really, have you seen anything out there that was similar and you mm -hmm. said, hey, like, this is what I'm going to do? Mm -hmm. uh, or was it just kind of like, this is the way that I want to handle, you know, uh, coffee in Statesboro? That's a fantastic question. Uh, there's honestly not much that comes to mind of an environment that I was kind of pulling from. Mm -hmm. um, it was more so, I think, just a heartfelt desire to see something different. Um, businesses, as you know, can eat, it can frequently be very cutthroat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it can frequently be very tough, all about the numbers, bottom line, right? And I just, I just believe more in people. I believe that there can be more to business than just about money, and it can be about people. It can be about purpose. And that can actually be more successful. 
mm. not just getting by, but that can actually be more successful. Uh, and, and so it really was something I, I would say we kind of built from the ground up. Um, in terms of how we did it early on, it's hard to say. Once again, I think a lot of it was just walking it out ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we served our first employees as much as we could, <laughs> and, and we showed them that we cared, a servant leadership style type of, of leading to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to come in and serve you. To this day, Adam, I still every once in a while jump in there and just do some dishes. Mm -hmm. I did it earlier today, just That's out of right. nowhere. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I, I already had to wash something else I was, I was using. I'm going to do more. And I'm not doing that to toot my own horn, but I'm doing that to show them, hey, I care enough about you to help you out and do a couple of dishes. Mm -hmm. Go care for the customer. That's right. Go the extra mile. Do something extra today to, to go serve them. That's right. Um, I, and I, that speaks to kind of like the way that you handle I, I, your staff. Let me ask you something. So you mentioned something about servant leadership. Mm -hmm. What is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Servant leadership is basically, you know, you typically think of leadership as top down, right? Someone's on top, they lead people underneath, they lead people underneath. And typically leadership is seen as they tell people what to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, you do this, you do that. If you don't do that, you're punished. You maybe give some incentives, but it's so much more about manipulation. Mm -hmm. um, and it may be uh, socially acceptable manipulation, right? I mean, there's a lot of manipulation that's totally acceptable when it comes to typical leadership. Um, things such as, uh, I mean, once again, um, incentives, right? Hey, you did a good job. Here's something. Here's a commission. Here's, you reached a certain goal. Here's this way to go. Mm -hmm. um, servant leadership looks at it oppositely, that those on top are actually there to serve those underneath them, and it flips it. Mm. So I say that because my goal is that I come in this place and genuinely, and it starts with my managers, because they're the ones, quote unquote, under me. I genuinely try to look at them and say, how can I serve them? How can I bless them? How can I invest in them? How can I help them grow? Not just with Three Trees Dream, but with their dreams, right? And I invest in them wholeheartedly and I serve them as if I was working for them. Mm. And I make sure that we're always unified in the decisions we make. Mm -hmm. From there, they take it to their departments and see it through as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's what servant leadership is. is it's, it's more so a, a humble positioning to say, I'm going to put myself beneath you and serve you. Has there ever been a situation yeah. where servant leadership hasn't worked? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, there's times when people take advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, there's times where it, um, it, it doesn't pan out the way you, you would want it to. Um, but those are few and far between. Uh, and I still don't think that discredits a system that works. Right? Right. You're always going to have outliers. You're always going to have things that come up that you, you can't control. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where culture is so important. Because if we've created a culture where this is, this is how it works, uh, yes, I'm, I'm serving you as your leader, but you don't abuse that. You don't <laughs> take advantage of that. You don't abuse your freedoms, right? That's something else is I try to give my managers tons of freedom, mm -hmm. tons of freedom. I, I want them to feel free in this place, right? If they start to abuse that, of course, we, have to, it's, we naturally have to start flipping the script. And thankfully, they don't. And I think it's because we have a culture here where they understand um, what we're doing and why we're doing it. So some, some of the audience out there obviously are running their own businesses. Uh, and maybe they have developed a uh, organization that doesn't have the best culture. Hmm. How would you approach kind hmm. of like helping those organizations get kind of like on the correct path? Yep. Step one, schedule a meeting with your staff and create the culture together. That's huge. Huge. Mm. That's what we did. Uh, we, we had a company culture for a while that we all liked and it wasn't defined. We never could have said what it was. And so I think this is an exercise we did maybe two years ago. We sat everyone down. Maybe it's more recent than that. We sat everyone down and we said, okay, 
what is our company culture? You tell us, what are you experiencing here that we're, let, let's define this, let's put it on paper so that way we're, so, we're, so were there problems at that point when you when you had this meeting? No. Or, okay. No, I, I would say it was a great time in the company culture, but we still wanted to define it because you have to define success, right? That's right. It'd be like doing some sort of promotional marketing campaign, not having any sort of data back to figure out was it working or not. We want to define what the culture is because if it's working and it's good, we want a template. Mm -hmm. We want something to point to to say this is the culture that works. This is the culture we collectively want. And that's, once again, a servant leadership model. It's not me coming down from on top saying, this is what I want you to do as for our culture. Sure. It's saying, working from, from together. You, I want you to tell me what you want your culture to look like. I think like. that's very empowering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Like for, from, from the employee standpoint, because yeah. when, they are, when they have the opportunity to define their role, mm -hmm. it gives them ownership. Yep. And with the ownership, then they have responsibility to execute on because it's something that they said. Yep, exactly. And you'd be surprised. Mm. Well, maybe you wouldn't be surprised. There's some great discussion comes out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, one of our company cultures, we have five, one of our company cultures is joyful hospitality. Mm -hmm. The notion is that we operate like a family. We're not a family, right? We're, we're not, but we operate like a family and we treat this place like our home. So when customers come, there are guests coming back home. That's huge. So what does that mean? It means we keep our home clean. That's right. It means we welcome them back when they come back. So it's it almost means like it's, it's so much more intimate than just customer service. You're a customer and I'm supposed to serve you. What if I keep a messy house? <laughs> you got to clean it up, man. You got <laughs> to treat kidding. your guests right, you know? Uh, so joyful hospitality. Sure. We want to see this place as a home. Uh, our staff came up with that. That's uh, awesome. They created that. Mm -hmm. They came up with that, that culture. And to this day, we have defined it as a culture that we now let influence the rest of the people that come in. That's right. So step one, mm -hmm. define the culture. Uh, step one, meet with your team. Meet with the team. And, and let them give feedback and through that, define it. Step two. Hold them to it. Mm. Hold them to it. So disciplinary action. Like, what, what is the process here? Uh, I would say first and foremost, clear, clear and concise communication because they have to know the expectation up front. That's why we spend three to four hours up front. This is our mission. This is our culture. This is customer service basics because, of course, in the food service industry, customer service is the unforgivable sin. If That's you right. mess it up, you can have expensive products. You can have not even the best quality. You can have not the best atmosphere. I've been to places like that that are thriving and it's because they give great customer service. That's right. It, everything else could be on point. And if you don't have good customer service, you're not getting customers back. That's right. So we spend the first day honing in on those because we're telling them this is us. This is us. And therefore, if you're joining us, this is you. This is our expectation of you. And it's, I think it's so healthy up front to give expectation. Otherwise, it's unfair if we discipline them. If we're not communicating the expectation, it's unfair for us to discipline them. Mm -hmm. So I would say from there, step one, we get new hires in. We train them on the culture. This is what our culture looks like. This is what we expect. This is how we want to treat one another. And then from there, absolutely, it's about holding people to it. And there's an accountability component, right? Uh, honestly, it, it rarely gets to the point of discipline. I think because once again, they've created it themselves. They want this. They mm -hmm. want an environment where we're changing people's worlds. And I think that's magical about what it is that you do. Mm -hmm. Is it never, like, from what I'm hearing is if the culture is right, you don't even have to worry about the discipline because discipline is something that, you know, in other businesses, it's constantly coming up, especially when you have, you know, an organization of a considerable size mm -hmm. um, just because there's so many different moving parts. But yeah. if you have the culture right, disciplinary action doesn't even come into play. Exactly, because people are inspired. That's right. They're inspired by it. And, and they want it themselves, right? And it's interesting. Most people don't apply to this place unless they want this culture anyways. Culture naturally 
just find its way out into branding. <laughs> it naturally gets out. Talk to me about that. Um, so branding is, you know, the, uh, the outward facing component of the business, right? It's, it's what a business is displaying as its story and as its experience. Um, and so of course a customer is looking in that and interpreting that through their lens of their experience with that brand, right? So the brand is the outward facing, obviously it's the logos and the font and the colors, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's the space, right? But it's also the customer service. It's also all the experiences that, that customer had wrapped up in the story of a brand. All right, company culture is internal. It's not what's broadcast out, it's internal. And what I've found is that when the brand and culture are synonymous, you suddenly have what we call lifestyle brands. That's right. I did some research this past week, it was fascinating. Apple, mm. well-known company, right? You look at the Apple brand and you immediately think, I actually asked some of our interns this this past week, what do you think of when you see this Apple brand? Every single response was creative, innovative, you know, front of the cutting line, edge. cutting edge, right? Mm -hmm. You know what their company culture is? Mm. Creative innovators. That's right. You know what all their employees are? Creative innovators. You know what all their customers are? Creative innovators. Or people who want to be creative innovators like me, right? I, their culture is right in tandem with their brand. Um, you know, another one would be Nike. Sure. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's their, that's their, that's a slogan. It's that's their, their brand. Yep. Just do it. You can do it. You can be like any of these athletes. Go for it. No excuses. Just go for it. You can do this. Just do it. Take your next step. They have a company culture. It's actually 11 maxims. They call it the 11 maxims of Nike. One of them is evolve. Okay. All right. Another one is we're always on offense. Interesting. Interesting. Their employee culture is one that says, we're always going, we don't stop, push yourself, let's go, right? Uh, they, they have another maxim that's not coming to my mind that, that falls right in line with this, just do it. Oh, simplify and go. Mm -hmm. One of their maxims is simplify and go, just do it. Next step, come on, no excuses, do it, let's go. That's right. Their company culture is synonymous with their brand. So I, I say that because that, that's what I think is crucial. That's why I think culture is so crucial. It's going to leak out into your brand, whether you want it to or not. And the question is, is are they going to be synonymous? So, so the question that I have there is like, you know, as an entrepreneur, a lot of times what we're concerned with is, okay, well, does the project make money? Because mm. money at the end of the day is what's driving everything. Mm. And so what, it's like a chicken and an egg, right? Do I spend mm. all this time thinking about I guess, culture and how to, you know, uh, make the culture mm -hmm. when I don't, like, I, the product isn't moving yet, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. how do you kind of, like, if, if someone were starting out, we're starting mm -hmm. a business, yeah. how, to, how would you implement that? Because I think, you know, with 3Tree, or what you just told me, uh, the culture was actually already there, hmm. right? It was already there. You came back. You captured that moment. Yeah. And then that was at the point where you said, okay, this is who we are, yeah. right? But as a business starting out, I mean... How do you, how would you approach that? If you yeah. could kind of like go back to the beginning again. Yeah. I mean, part of it is finding out who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, no, we didn't come into three tree with, Hey, here's our culture and here's our, <laughs> we had a five-year plan. I don't know if you can agree, but I feel like every time I make a five-year plan, it, one year in, it's different. We don't, especially in 2020, we don't make five-year plans in 2020 anymore. I'm now at like five-day plans. <laughs> I hope in the next five days I can figure this out. That's right. Um, so anyways, I, I would say early on, you know, it, it's both of these things. A, a company is not only its culture. It has to be financially viable, sustainable, 
right? It's got to have cash. There's some basic business concepts here. I don't spend all of my time just focusing on culture. But I, I would say it's foundational to sustainable businesses. It's foundational to lifestyle brands. Mm. If, you, if you want your brand and your company to be, for people to have that kind of buy-in to it, culture is huge. Buy it's in. so important. Buy-in. Buy what do you mean by that? Um, where people look at the brand and say, I'm Three Tree. Are you talking about customers? Customers. Customers, right? That's where the culture starts to leak through to the brand. That's the component of the brand, the, 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 the foundational culture that leaks through that starts to get people buy-in to say, that's me. Mm. That, that, that's my coffee shop. That's, <laughs> I'm a part of this, right? Customers saying that. That's incredible. It suddenly becomes a lifestyle type of brand, right? Because they're matching. So running a business, you've got the financial components, you've got the business components. I'm not saying it's just culture and culture only, but I do think it's the most important part. And I've told this to you before when we've gotten together, just you know, whenever we meet, um, I, I always start with who. Whenever we're evaluating mm -hmm. a new opportunity, my first question is who? Who's in charge? Who's the person? And that's right in line with culture, because of course I'm not gonna choose a who that doesn't match our culture, right, perfectly. And so I always start with who because it's, it's the people that come up with the products. It's the people that come up with the marketing. It's the people that come up with the culture. It's the people that come up with the next steps. It's it, the people are the ones that run this business. I want people that are right in line with our culture. Mm. So it, it, do you believe, and this is actually an interesting question for me, do you believe that somebody can come in that doesn't have necessarily all the aspects of culture, mm -hmm. but you can move them. Mm -hmm. And I guess how much time are you willing to spend mm -hmm. to try to get them to that point of what you want yep. or what the culture wants, right? Yep. Because, I mean, obviously people, when they, when they come in, uh, especially when, when they come in and work, I mean, they are just learning about these different mm -hmm. things themselves, right? Yep. Um, and maybe they have you know, certain tendencies. How do you identify that? Are you, are you kind mm -hmm. of like, do you see them slacking and just say, okay, well, there's no more effort that I can put into this person? Yep. How do you make that call? And great question. Um, so first of all, absolutely. Uh, you know, we have hired people that maybe the culture doesn't match perfectly. I would say no one, the culture matches perfectly. I don't match our culture perfectly. And once again, that's a unique part about culture because it's a collective. Mm -hmm. It's a collective behavior, beliefs, and values. So I say that because there's certain parts of our culture that I know I resonate with better than others. And there's other people in my team that resonate with other parts of our culture better than me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So no one gets it perfectly. And that's why we have it is to pull all of us together into this belief system of how do we want to operate? So I say that because, yeah, we'll sometimes get some employees that there's just certain parts that don't line up. And that's why day one, we give them the expectation. This is the expectation. You don't have to walk it out perfectly. We're all going to make mistakes, but it's the expectation. And we lay it out up front. Um, and then we either uh, naturally, usually they just guide into some of these things because it's a culture. They're entering into an environment where these things are already happening. And just like we create culture, culture creates us. And, and honestly, I rarely have we had to discipline mm -hmm. someone because of culture. If we've ever had to discipline, it's usually because of some of the more specific uh, follow-throughs of the job. Hey, you really need to be cleaning better. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, and, and it ties into culture, but it's not that deep-rooted of an issue. What I tend to find is that the culture really starts to shape all of us into a like-mindedness and unity on why are we doing what we do. Okay, uh, we're gonna cut to a commercial break right quick, and then we'll be right back. Just yell me too. 
Welcome to Sayomi, come and spend your money We got all your Asian needs, pour another sake Throw away your Takis and come and get some real food Order up a pepper uh, Welcome back to the show uh, We've been kind of going through all the company culture that 3Tree has, um, sh- has shown us you know. And uh, one of the things I think that I want to know is what is ultimately the core of Three Tree culture? What are things that are involved with that? Yeah, Um, so we have five aspects to our culture. The first one is changing people's worlds. Mm -hmm. Do you mean explain each one? Yes, please. Awesome. Changing people's worlds. Changing people's worlds. Okay. Man, we are a small coffee roaster in Statesboro, Georgia. We are a small fish in this big pond of the world's issues, right? And we, we don't want to be bold enough to say we're going to change the world. We can't change the world, but we can change people's worlds. Mm. Farmers that we partner with and pay them twice or three times the type of wage they're used to in the production chain so that it's livable and sustainable, it's changing their world. That's awesome. To them, that's life-changing, right? To the customer that comes in here and is just having a rough day, and this has happened numerous times, right? And our, our, our baristas just interact with them and, and serve them and help them, right? I mean, it changes their world. Um, it's those sort of opportunities that we look for. We, we don't think we can change the world, but we want to change people's worlds, right? Um, so that, that's the first part of our, of our culture. Second one is uh, joyful hospitality. I mentioned this one earlier. Joyful hospitality, right? We talk about customer service, but we, wanna, we don't want to just look at the customer as a customer. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at them like our guest, and they're coming over to our family's house. Joyful house, hospitality. Uh, the third one is enriching experiences. Mm. Enriching experiences. We want people to have a just incredible experience when they come in here, which that is so hard because experience is everything. Sure. It's smell. It's taste. It's what you see. It's it's the interactions you have, not just with the baristas, but with other customers. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's all sorts of things, right? And it's about um, uniqueness, right? No one loves an experience that's the same as every other experience. So adding in little components here and there to make things unique and different for the same customer over and over with different experiences, right? So enriching experiences. Um, The fourth one is wicked awesome products. Mm -hmm. I like that. (laughs) Quality. Uh We want to do it right. We want to do it good. We want our shirts to be comfortable. We want our coffee to be awesome. We want our, our, our kolaches or our sausage, egg, and cheese biscuits just to be delicious and on point, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be proud of the products we're putting out, wicked awesome products. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, and this one's actually uh, brand new. We're adding it in more recently. Um, it is humble problem solvers. Humble problem solvers. And kind of a quote that we have with that is find the need and fill it. That's right. <laughs> don't, don't, don't wait to be asked what to do. Don't, right? Just find the need and fill it. Y'all are smart find the need and fill it and let's be humble about it. And it's cool. I, I really added that in more so because I was seeing it. Mm-hmm. This isn't, I'm adding it in to change them. I just noticed that our team was already doing this. Let's define it. And it's because it's beautiful and it's awesome and it's helpful and it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those are the five cultures of three tree. I want to throw this to you because it's actually rather interesting to me. F- what was front porches culture mm. like before mm. three tree got over there? Yeah. Um, great question. Um, and and I, I must say up front that our interaction with them has been incredibly unique because we bought the front porch on March 7th. Okay. And pandemic hit 
hard for businesses on March 13th That's right. of this year. That's right. So, I mean, I feel like the, that whole team, along with us, were just tossed into the blender super quick. That's right. Um, so I say that because they've been incredible. I mean, the amount of um, patience they've had with us and just understanding with us as we had to make hard decisions and adjusting during these times, I feel like they've been right in stride with us. Some cultures that I saw was that they are incredibly, um, they're, they're super tight knit, they get along with one another. And I would say they have even more of a jovial component to their community. Um, I don't wanna say more like family than Three Tree. I, I'm not saying Three Tree doesn't feel like a family, but man, they would like, they would tease one another, they'd have fun with one another. I think there's a little bit more of just a casual hangout vibe that they had that was pretty neat, right? Mm -hmm. Front porch, mm -hmm. it sort of fits the brand. Sure. Um, and then definitely a, a culture that they had was welcoming and invitation. In fact, when I was talking with the manager out there, we were, we were trying to define the brand and the culture. Like, what is it right now? And something that we kept, kept coming back to is invitation open. The porch is open. Come on in. I mean, it mm -hmm. really is that invitation, that sort of welcoming. It falls right in line with joyful hospitality, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, they, they had a culture. I don't, I don't think it was defined to them. I don't think they had it defined for themselves. Um, and honestly, though we are bringing components of our culture naturally, we are letting them build their own culture and we're letting them build their own brand. And so that's still in process in terms, so in terms of what it was, but now what it's about to become, we're letting them create it and letting them build it based on what they want it to be. So that's fascinating to me because, I mean, you are obviously overseeing both, both places. Mm -hmm. And so it would make sense to me if you took something that was working here and also placed it in over, you know, front porch and be a, and allow that culture to filter, th filter through. Mm -hmm. But it seems like that that's not the, not the case where they are allowed to, I guess, have some freedom and define their own culture. Mm -hmm. So what happens if it splits from here? Yeah. yeah. No, no, not, not in the business sense, but rather like the di direction of the culture. What mm -hmm. if it goes in a completely different direction? What yeah. happens at that point? Yeah. Well, uh, there's certain cultures that are conducive to good business, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Clearly, if one of our cultures was be lazy and hate your fellow coworker, that's not conducive to good business that's or not good, good culture or good branding or good anything, okay? That's right. So, uh, you know, some of it is pretty cut and dry where if it's uh, anything opposite of our culture is clearly just going to be not the best. That's right. So what's opposite of joyful hospitality, angry, get out of my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> angry, so, get out of my house. That, that's what I do. Clearly that would not work, right? <laughs> that's clearly right. that would not work. Um, and there are a lot of things that we have brought with just that's expertise right. and skill and processes and... Um, business components, pricing, cost of goods. I mean, a lot of these things we've really brought to help them. But at the end of the day, we want them bought in. That's right. To the front porch. So again, we want them going bought into Three Street, but we also want them bought into the front porch, and that's their baby. You know, at one point we could, we were talking about whether we turn that into a Three Tree or not. Obviously, mm. that was on, that was a discussion when we were talking about buying it. We were talking about does it stay a front porch or do we change it to a Three Tree? And what we decided is that the is that Pooler likes the front porch, mm -hmm. and they want the front porch. And you know what? They probably need the front porch. Mm-hmm. Great. And so why not let the staff create their own culture over there as long as it's conducive for good business and sure. just a good culture. And we'll help with that, right? Um, but why not let them create it? Because then they have buy-in to what they're doing out there. So, it, so parts of it are going to look different. And that is harder. It would be easier That's right. for us just to stamp a three tree out there mm -hmm. and just stamp everything the same. But does that create buy-in with the employees and then therefore the customers? I don't think so. It's an interesting business model. One I've been thinking a lot about. This is the first time we've tried it. It's kind of yet to be tested or seen. 
but I'm, I'm, I'm loving it so far. And I love the team out there. I think that's interesting because, you know, um, so ultimately the goal is to kind of, I guess, mold them into mm-hmm. a something that resembles at least the, the culture here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's just going to take time. And I think mm-hmm. you said something really interesting there. And then you keep talking about this is buy-in. Mm-hmm. You want the staff to be bought into what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have that buy-in, it's just that much harder to move them in any sort of direction. Yep, a- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, for you, uh, let's talk about something, uh, changing directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of what is next on you know uh three trees plate like yeah. how how is the culture going to continue serving you know the statesboro and pooler area yep. what we got on the agenda well i'm so glad you asked that's that, right because i always love a good opportunity to pitch what's next let's hear it all right so tomorrow august 22nd is actually our five-year anniversary really yes that is five years since we opened the coffee shop so we've been roasting coffee longer but in terms of starting the coffee shop which is kind of when we say this is legit. We're That's going right. all in. It's business time, right? Let's do this. Um, so tomorrow is our five-year anniversary. And to celebrate, and we are actually going to uh, reveal a new uh, online fundraising platform. Tell called, me more. Called Fruitful Fundraisers. All right? This is a way that we're engaging the community. Remember our threefold mission? Third one's engaging the community. It's interesting. Right now during this pandemic, events are at a complete standstill. Right? 5Ks aren't happening. Fundraisers aren't happening. All these event-driven fundraisers are just stopping. And you have a lot of organizations that are starting to not have the same type of cash flow that they're mm. used to with fundraising. That's right. And so we wanted to meet those sort of organizations in this time and in this place. And so we've created an online platform called Fruitful Fundraisers. Organizations can sign up. They, we put them on our, our uh, give, we give them a unique web page where they just send this out to their supporters. They go online, buy coffee, and 50%, half of all sales that their supporters make on that web page goes right back to that organization. Mm-hmm. And it's easy. It's simple. No paperwork. They don't have to handle cash. We do all the distribution. We ship all the coffee. It's just spreading our great coffee with other people, and then you get 50% of the sales. That's awesome. So uh, how does one, I guess, get signed up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they can go to our website. There's actually a section that's called Fruitful Fundraisers, and there's a form that you can fill out. Fill that out. We'll be in touch, and we'll, and we'll launch it. And we're actually going to be the first ones to give it a shot. Okay. We're, we're, we're going to put ourselves right to, to, to the test and see how it goes. So over the next month, we are going to be raising $5,000 for Out of Darkness. Okay. Uh, Out of Darkness is an organization that is ending human trafficking. Um, we, we love what they do. They're very involved with um, just the solutions that are needed. I mean, they're literally going and picking up victims of wow. various types of trafficking, right? And so uh, we want to raise $5,000 for them using this Fruitful Fundraisers platform. That's amazing. You know, uh, absolutely so thankful for your presence. I mean, every single time, you know, that I speak with you, um, that I interact with, with your brand, I see something so valuable, you know, to this community. And that within itself, you know, fruit, fruit, fruitful fundraising, mm-hmm. like, you know, being able to offer something, I guess, to our community that is much more than just a coffee product, mm-hmm. I think is huge. Yeah. Um, how about for front, front Porch? What do you have going on over there? Yeah. Um, so Front Porch has been a little bit tougher because that area has seen more cases, mm-hmm. right, of, of, the pan- of the COVID-19. Um, and so we've had to move a little slower out there. The space is also much smaller out there. And according to regulation right now, we have to have tables, you know, space six feet apart. 
So we've had a lot more constraints out there because of the pandemic, but nonetheless, we're, we're coming up with some new things to keep it exciting, to offer really enriching experiences and, and fun things for those in Pooler. Um, so uh, one of them is we're currently working on a Pancakes at the Porch uh, Saturday I like the way experience. that sounds. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're working on that. It's probably not going to be any time in the next month. Um, but absolutely, at some point, we're going to have a fun Saturday morning experience at the porch for everyone in Pooler to enjoy. Uh, we're also working on some other ways out there to get the product to customers in ways that don't require them to gather. Mm -hmm. um, so we're uh, currently working with uh, an ordering app where pe basically people can place an order and get it pickup or curbside. And we're starting to work with some delivery apps out there so that it can be delivered to the Pooler area as well. Seeing some massive innovation coming from your end. Uh, Philip, I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you for so much for kind of everything that you do, you know, for uh, the community. Uh, thank you for your culture. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just w appreciate you. And I want to tell you again that, you know, I admire really what you've done. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I mean this when I say it, it's like every single time I come in, regardless of, you know, who's standing behind that counter, I know that I'm going to be served well. Uh, and I think that that, uh, speaks to all, everything that you do. Yeah. So, um, uh, as a final, a final thing, you know, how the, if you want to throw out your website, mm -hmm. uh, Facebook, just how do people get in contact with the products, products that you offer? Yeah. Um, so firstly, if you're in Statesboro, I'd, I'd encourage you to come check out our coffee shop on South Main Street. Uh, you can check out our website at 3treecoffee.com. That's where you can also engage with our Out of Darkness fundraiser or sign up for your own fruitful fundraiser. If you're in the Pooler area, I encourage you to check out the front porch. And then if you uh, want our coffee to come to you for an event, we do have a coffee trolley as well. Okay. Teeny the trolley where we come out to your weddings and your office parties and things like that, and we actually serve coffee there. Um, so we have a lot of ways for people to engage. Check us out on our website, Facebook, and Instagram, Three Tree Coffee Roasters. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It.